intro. On this episode, I answer questions in front of hundreds of my friends. Did you see D-Rock's new uh, opening? For, he's got something really good. There'll be none of that dun-dun shit. I'm just gonna go right into it. He's gonna have to deal with me. That's all you got. My name is Jimmy Fisher, here with my twin brother from Chicago, and uh... Hold on, hold on, Jimmy, shut the fuck up, hold on. <laughs> I didn't even start the show yet. Are you... I was asking a question. But uh, he's got a mic? What's going on? I'm confused as fuck. <laughs> no worries, Jimmy, my bad. Alex, what the fuck are you doing? Alex, what the hell? Gary, that was Mr. Moore. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Zach, what the fuck? Are we good now? Can you get your shit together? It's together. Waiting All on right. you. All right. <laughs> Not quite, dick. All right. Here we go. That's how we roll. Um, you guys ready? Yes. Cool. An aggressive mode. <laughs> Always an aggressive mode. This is Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 100 of the Ask Gary V Show. Thank you. So, Vayner Nation, uh, hundreds of your family members have slept from all over the place. As a matter of fact, when we get into the questions, I know majority of you are local because this was definitely not worth schlepping that far for, but some of you did it. Some of you did it. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So make sure you tell me where you're from. Uh, when you ask your question, please tell me who you are. Uh, we are here, not too far from VaynerMedia. We're gonna do this outside in the park was the original plan, which is why we had an open RSVP until somebody with a half a brain came up to me and was like, you know you need a permit if you have more than a couple of people at the park. I'm like, fuck, okay. We scrambled, Gansevoort hooked us up, thank you so much. We're here on the rooftop of the Gansevoort Hotel, not far from Vayner Media in New York City. And really, episode 100, you could have debated a lot of different formats, but the concept is quite simple. Uh, my friends, my audience, my family is here. They're gonna ask some questions. I'm gonna answer them and we're gonna go as long and as hard as we can. So thank you so much. Please clap it up for yourselves because you mean a lot to me. <laughs> obviously, obviously there's so many of you that I know intimately, know somewhat, have interacted a ton online with and a bunch of new faces as well. That means a ton to me. So I think we should get right into the show. So let's do it. Are you guys ready now back there? Ready to go. All right, let's do it. Starting all the way in the back. Uh, what happened to Jimmy? Let's go with Jim. what Jimmy. Jimmy got screwed. I thought it was gonna be Jimmy. Are you good? You're good, Jimmy. All right. All right. All right. Hey, how you doing, uh, Gary? I want to say thank you so much. Uh, my name is Vlad. I run a restaurant in Astoria, Queens, called New York Doghouse. Okay. Uh, it's a trademark spot, so there's ways of growing. I've been doing it for about three years. Funny that every time I I, I reach a hurdle. I wake up and you answer it somehow. 
so I really appreciate that you're doing that. So every day you kind of help me grow, help our business grow. And what I'm having a problem right now is that we're growing and each part of the restaurant, the kitchen, the floor, the bartending crew, uh, they became like a gang. They all love the project so much. So every time I bring somebody new into the, to the group, uh, they start hazing them. They start, instead of helping them. <laughs> this is gonna be a funny fucking show. <laughs> There's no India in this mix. Go ahead, keep going. So you've got a hazing restaurant. Keep going. It's not, it's not it's like, I'm like, yo, guys, this is uh, Alfredo. He's joining our crew, teaching what you know, and let's grow because I want to grow. So instead of helping me, you know, grow, they start fucking shit up for him. Yep. He's, five, he's like, yo, Vlad, what's going on? They not like me. What the fuck is going on? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. Uh, and you know, the crew that I have now, they're really good, but I'm really big on vibes. I'm really big on personality. Let me, let me jump in on right here because, Vlad, we need more than one question answered on the show. <laughs> you know, and I think I've referenced this either in a keynote or recently or maybe in one of the shows where I talked about one of the things that really, when I started VaynerMedia, I was obsessed with this issue because it was something that was a huge problem at Wine Library. At Wine Library, we also grew very quickly. We grew from like 10 to 150 people. And the biggest problem I had was I don't know if they hazed them. It, they weren't hazing them. They were just making their judgment immediately. Like literally every employee for like two years, within two days, everybody in the company was like, oh, Ricky McGee sucks crap, right? Like, like, and by the way, this was a company, Wine Library, that had no training, no onboarding. Like literally you showed up and you're like, go, right? And then you had- Same here. Right. Very, so the, very easy going, but per, professional courtesy respect, but you bring your own style to it. The, the, Vlad, the way I fixed that at Wine Library was I sat down everybody individually when it got to a place where it was not palpable to me anymore, one by one, and I told them right to their face that they, if they weren't part of the solution of fixing my issue, they weren't gonna be there. And that was probably the first time I gave any of them negative feedback because we were growing, everything was great, they were making more money, everything was great, and I told them, Right to their face, and then, Vlad, and this is the tricky one, then I fired a couple of them. I, I feel, right in their mouth. I, I feel I, I kind of have to do, even though I love what they do, I yeah. think you just said it, that they're not part of the Vlad, story. fire someone. <laughs> That's it, Vlad. Vlad, no more mic. I've got to answer some questions. I love you, no more. Vlad, you're out. Next. Let's clap it up for Vlad. Just fire someone, Vlad. Jesus. All right, let's keep it going. Um, my name is Jimmy Fisher uh, from New York. I'm with my twin brother from Chicago. I love it. And, um, our question has to do with him and I are working on a bunch of different projects. Uh, That's already starting, a problem. Starting a bar. And, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, has a, have a digital agency and then do construction consulting weird stuff. <laughs> I love but it. Our question is working with AJ, um, yes. being brothers in, in a business together. Yes. How, could you speak to a specific example where you guys have had to overcome that family relationship working through a business challenge? So, you know, with AJ, I've had a lot less problems than I did with my dad um, for a lot of different reasons, different personalities, different parts of the equation. I was the number two coming up in Wine Library. I'm the number one with VaynerMedia. I'm 11 years older than AJ. We started an eBay business when he was nine or 10. So we fought, you know, he negotiated like, that business I remember starting off as like 70-30 but then like one day in he told me it needed to be 50-50 and so like we fought that out and like had our fisticuff moments then. You know I think I don't, you know the truth is Vayner was easy because one, the big decision that could have caused a lot of problems was addressed immediately which was 
we made the company 50-50 and even though I had all the leverage and I was in the market and the company was built a lot on my brand, I thought it was important to start the relationship off in the right foot and make us equal partners. The truth is AJ has, uh, AJ is very self-aware in the same way that I am and he, as time has gone on, recognizes you know, the disproportionate value that I bring. He really does. Like, he's been a perfect partner to me. AJ is the one in our relationship as we are looking at different business deals, the fund, and all the future things. He was the one that came to me and said, hey bro, I think that you should have more of the action as we go forward in X, Y, and Z. That takes a lot of humility. That takes a lot of self-awareness. That takes a lot of things. And so I think, you know, we've had our fisticuffs, right? Like, you know, we had an argument of how, he was convinced that clients would not pay us a fourth of what they're paying now for a monthly retainer. Convinced. And, and obviously me winning that debate has helped me have some equity with him. Um, you know, but he brings a ton of stuff and I've referenced it throughout the 500 questions I've answered on this show. He's brought a lot of value to me. He's massively mature for his age um, and in a lot of ways, it, you know, not only plays the straight man in our relationship, but he just, he's also got magic and stuff like that. He's a perfect dude. I'm super pumped. He's getting married in three weeks. Um, and uh, and uh, my beard's upset about that. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you know what's, it's crazy. We're now five and a half, almost six years into this, we're actually six years into this venture. We've really not had a blowout blowout. You know, we're good at like, we're close to, like, did you guys see the basketball video? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's where we fight, as you saw in that one little clip. Like, on, when we're on the same team, we're really good. And so we have our moments, but I'm sure the 11 year, you know, age difference, uh, all the circumstances, right? The circumstances make the, the pudding, as I like to say. And so like, though I've never said the circumstances make the pudding ever before in my life. <laughs> I've never said it. Um, But the circumstances have everything to do with it. So I don't know if our relationship can project things to you, but I will say this. Being the bigger man, and I've said it a bunch, in every situation always works. Whoever, if one of you takes the lead as being the person when you argue, that first jumps in and says, I love you bro, and like fuck this and whatever, like it will force the other one to start doing it as well eventually over time. I can promise you that because I sure did that a shitload with my dad and finally after 15 fucking years he started playing that game out. So I think you should consider that. Cool, let's clap it up for that question. Hello, how you doing Gary? I'm from Edison, New Jersey, your hometown. I love that, what's your name bro? My name's Alex Romero. I'm I love an app it. developer. I'm currently working on an app called HackTap which is for happy hours. Okay. But the big question I have for you is more related to a billboard marketing. Are you behind the Tom, hashtag Tom Shady? <laughs> You're a fucking genius. <laughs> I wish that I could take credit for that Tom Brady hazing uh, billboard, but I'm not. But thank you so much for bringing up that question so that we were able to talk about it here today. I want the loudest clap for that man except for the two Patriot fans here. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Gary, I'm Jen Lovowitz. Um, from New York originally, but here with my team of community managers from Philly and my brother from New York. Love it. Um, thank you so much for the show. First of all, it's awesome. We freaking love it. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I wanted to ask if, uh, well, I know you hate automation, but yes. once you get so big to the point where you're scaling your community so much that you, it's critical to automate. What? How do you, do, how do you decide what and when? 
Jen, right? That's what you said your name? Jen, yeah. Jen, why is it critical to automate? Like if you're getting thousands of emails a day of regist- people registering, you okay. can't manually write back. Okay, okay, got it. You know, there's a big guys, let me, and this is why this show is great, let me redefine this. There's a big difference between automating your human interaction versus automatic, automating a sign-up process or something that can and is acceptable to be automated. Like, for example, I think it was today, I just saw it somewhere in my stream, like, did, did the President of the United States sign up today? Like, right, like, like I think he said, the tweet was on Twitter, I think Barack Obama finally signed up and the tweet was like, now I'm finally really here. There was a video made six years ago that you can see where people got mad at me because I said that wasn't really Barack Obama tweeting on his behalf and that was fucked up because everybody was mad at Britney Spears for like a day for not doing it and having her manager like, and everybody was all about Obama and down on Britney at the time. I was like, fuck this, Britney's back, baby. So I jumped on, I wanted to back up Britney and I jumped in and made a video and I was like, do you think Barack's really doing this? And everybody's mad at me. So. Jen, I think, I think what you need to recognize is there's plenty of circumstances where you need to automate as long as you're not making pretend, like if your automation email when somebody's signing up is like, hey Jack, this is Rick, really, now you're getting into that level of like trying to fake the funk, but automation's fine in a lot of places, not just, I just don't want people automating their human interaction or making pretend it's them you know, people get pumped when a celebrity replies to them. That like means something to them. And when they find out that that's like Ricky, the PM of that person, they get disappointed and that takes equity away. It's, it's just not authentic. You well, see what I mean? Thank you so much. Yeah, that was, really helps. Was that it? Um, Me, sure, meaning, yeah, me, thank you. Well, no, meaning I don't want a second question, but like, are we now aligned? Like, was, did that clarify that conversation? That totally clarifies it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, that's tremendous. All right, let's clap it up. Is this on? Hell yeah, it's on. <laughs> Hi Gary, my name is Julian. I'm 20 years old. I'm from Warsaw, Poland. I love it. And I Julian, a, are you the one yes. that I was tweeting with today? Yes, sir. And so you didn't even know what was going on today? No. And then we tweeted? Yep. And then you showed up? Yeah. Big ups to Poland, baby, yeah! <laughs> That's the ROI of Twitter, yeah. fuck faces. All right, sorry, hold on, I can't hear shit. Go ahead, start over, brother. I mean, I was already, I was already in New York. I know you didn't fly from Poland 20 minutes ago, dick. This guy. This guy. I get it, I get it. So, I have a healthcare technology... Uh, hold on, hold on, start over, start over. I have a healthcare company okay. that's focused on eliminating obesity in America, and I'm meeting with all these VCs, and they look at me, and I look like I'm 12 years old, and uh, they're like, you know, what the fuck do you know? Yep. So I, I explained the problem, they're like, oh yeah, that's a really good idea, like we really like that, but leave it to the grown-ups. And I was going, you know, fuck you and your receding hairline. Um, Dude, I'm losing hair, so watch yourself. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so how do I get like respect from them and actually make them see eye to eye like I'm not, you know, a, a little kid who's talk, tackling a big problem? You know, look, I think, I think the truth is, it, that's interesting to me because I would tell you like, I, I have no empathy for you because this is the greatest era of all time of kids getting disproportional respect because we've seen technology grow and I, you know, I'm, 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 I was looking at the 30 and 40 year olds in this audience who were like, we wish we had any, we wish we were allowed to do anything but go grab the coffee 20 years ago. So I promise you, like, you're getting way more respect. The fact that a VC is willing to see you is like way advanced compared to where it was five or 10 or 15 years ago. I would say this though, and look, you need to raise money, right? Like you're not yes. going to see them to go see their receding hairline, you're going because you want their money. 
Yes, exactly. I, I want to al- align you on some respect factor. You're going to ask somebody for their money, right? So, you know, it, we're in a place now where money's flowing so freely, but I would also keep that chip on your shoulder because that's great. I love that. The best thing to do, and I've said this before in the show, is sell to people that are willing to buy. To me, the second I feel any indication that somebody's not interested, like, I'll give you a good example. If I went on a VC pitch and it was allocated for 45 minutes, and if you sniffed out that they're just like, they're out, they're like out, I would cut the meeting short. I want that 30 minutes back, right? Yeah. So I would tell you to sell to people that are interested versus trying to get somebody and sell it to them. I, I'm never selling to anybody but the market that's attracted, I'm selling to you guys. You're attracted to this content, I appreciate that. I'm not trying to convince anybody else that this is right. I'm just gonna go out and prove it. You know, so I would, I would, first, it sounds like you need money. I've never gone out and raised money. I just do shit, make money, and then go back and tell you I told you so, right? That, you know, and so for me, it sounds like you need dollars, cool, but money's easy. Go find the people that wanna find their Polish Mark Zuckerberg, take their money and go and execute. The thing is I've been here for seven days in New York, so I've kind of had an uphill battle, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I get it, but like, 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 I'm not sure what that even meant. Meaning, like, meaning, like, going into a bar where they only let me in because I'm, I'm 20. So right. I already get like shut down. The right. Bar where all the networking events are. So I've actually been standing outside of like Wall Street firms and like hitting up uh, people. I think your strategy was fucked up then, right? Like, well, well, I mean, there's two ways to look at. Well, I mean, your strategy is not fucked up if you if you hustle to get to New York, right, from Poland to try to raise money, then that's awesome. But then I wouldn't be woe is me about that. Like, dude, I fucking work 19 hours a day. Like, 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 like everybody's got struggles. What's that? I work 20. Cool. I work 21. (laughs) (laughs) So I, 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 here's what I think. I think that you've clearly got hustle, right? Right. And like, I, I I guess let's go backwards. Let's make it to ask the Polish kids show. Okay. (laughs) Bring it. What, what do you, what do you need right now? Money? Yes. Cool, money's, I think money's shockingly easy. So what I would tell you is, I would have before I came to New York and knocked on doors, I would have used the internet, new thing, and I would have emailed people, hit them up on Twitter, done different things to try to have much warmer meetings in place. How many meetings did you have in place when you got here? I had about seven. So that's good, I mean, so how did those go? It went well, but they looked at me like I was 20 years old and said, this is a way too complex problem to solve for a young kid. We'll give the money to someone who's older and has more experience. I, I disagree. I think that's what you want to think they thought. Well, I mean, they, a few of them told me and I said, you know, yeah, that, I'm not gonna say by, it. By the way, I bet you that they said that to you because a lot of people are bad at giving critical advice. Right. They probably just used that as an excuse. Because okay. I promise you, I know every fucking VC in the game and they're pumped to give a 20 year old money. They just want to give it to something they believe in. Okay, cool. Cool, man. Good luck. Thanks. There's something to this live thing. I like that. Okay, keep it going. I like it. Keep it going. I mean, India is great and all, but like the real person here, I love it. Hey, Gary. This is Tony Ubo. Uh, and speaking to follow up with Jen's question before your follow on Instagram, I'm forever indebted. It was the coolest thing that could have possibly happened. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm humbled. Um, so my question is, Wednesday, I'll be on stage for the first time uh, at a conference speaking, uh, and your keynotes are particularly special and unique, but do you have any advice on how to go about yeah. getting, uh, I, getting or how giving, about giving, giving it? Your first. I, 
I think the reason my keynotes have worked for me is I've just stuck to what to the way I communicate, right? I think people overthink presentations. They're stressful and there's a lot, you know, first of all, look, it came natural to me. I didn't know, like the first talk I ever gave, I was like 30 something, right? Like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna be a public speaker. They come natural to me, right? But I, I, think, I think there's another, there's a real strong reason they've worked for me and that's because I just talk about what I know. The reason I don't need slides, the reason I feel very comfortable doing the Ask Gary V show is I stay in my lane, I'm pumped, by the way, I'm hoping today I can answer, not sure, right? You know, like, you guys, you guys saw it recently with the new Facebook integration, just haven't used it yet, don't have a thought. Like, so, I would say, you know, and it's back to the great question from the 20 year old from Poland, right? Which is like, you just have to, you know, it's the same game, which is like, stick to what you know. Like, I, I, like by the way, that interaction was super fun for me, because I believe he's got a shot. I think you need to focus on the plus side, not the downside. So I think you just need to focus on what you know, like you got asked to speak. The problem is a lot of people are faking the funk with speaking, right? A lot of people are, I'm an expert before ever doing anything. And so they're, they're stuck because they've got to like talk above their execution, right? And so as long as you stick to what your execution is, even if, it's, even if you've been billed and billed at a higher level than you even think you are, just stick to what you know, walk in with humility. The reason I often start my keynotes, as you've all seen, with how many people here know who I am, I always know that 90% of the room doesn't. And it always freaks out the 10% that does, right? But the world's big, and there's a lot of stuff out there, and so I would walk in with humility, I would talk about what you know, and I would communicate the way you're most comfortable in communicating. I'd be crippled right now if I had to read cue cards, because it's not comfortable to me, I can barely read, and like, that would be a problem. Cool, man. I'm noticing a lot of people not clapping. <laughs> All right. Hey, Gary, what's going on? It's Darrell. Hey, Darrell. How you doing? Um, Tremendous. Thanks. Uh, co-founder of Stost, which is a P2P marketplace for storage. Okay. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you about the, the economy of the sharing economy. Okay. Basically. Where do you see it going in the next five, ten years? I want to make sure you and I are aligned on the sharing economy term because a lot of people are throwing it out in different ways. Give me some examples of some companies or some executions. Okay, so uh, like Uber, basically, or or your. Company. Why do you why do you find Uber as a sharing company or Resi is where you're about to go? Well, I was going to say uh, br- uh, breather. Okay, breather, cool. Um, basically, connecting two people for. Got it. Got it. I just wanted to know where you see that industry going. I see it eating up everything. Got it. So, and here's why. I think that human inefficiency is the most uh, interesting, biggest upside market. I also know that people pay for time. This is a theme that I've clearly pounded in these hundred shows, and I'm glad because it's gonna happen and people are gonna understand. I mean, we, what blows my mind is looking at the level of income you need to make to actually buy back time and the number's low. You know, this isn't about making 100,000 a year, this isn't about making a million a year. People that are, you know, are being very careful about what they spend every dollar on are willing to get an Uber, are willing to, you know, use Postmates or Insta, it's really, time, man, telling you, time is an asset that we are all increasingly every day starting to value more and more because we're being pounded by so much and because every second you live is one second closer to your death. 
right? And I think that people actually subconsciously understand that. You know, time becomes more and more valuable. I mean, it's crazy to me. You know, you st- you know I would always hear older people say like, as you get older, time goes faster. Shit is real. Like, <laughs> half this year is gone, what the fuck? Right, like, like it's intense and so I think, I think Anything that, software connecting two individuals where there's a supply and demand situation at hand, DRock don't tell me what to do. Where there's a supply and demand situation at hand is always going to be interesting, right? Like, cause there's so many people interested in that. Like, there's just, it brings so much value. Save me time or do something I don't wanna do. Like, that's the thing for me, right? Like, I don't wanna put that, Lizzie's like, put that picture up in the living room. Fuck no, have no interest, don't wanna do it, can't do it really well, don't wanna do it, super pumped to open my app, handyman, get the fuck over here. You know, and so, um, I think there's gonna be a ton of that. Thank you. You got it. Hello. Hello. What's up Gary? Over to your right. See you, my man, cheers. My name's John Henry, I'm a serial entrepreneur now, just coming off my first exit and now I'm running an accelerator. So it kind of puts me in an, uh, in a, in an odd position because my first company, my success was predicated on how well I executed. Yes. And now it's predicated on how well my companies get to execute. By the way, shout out to Sean. I went to Vayner RSC last week. He's awesome. gonna stop by. Great. Uh, but can you give me some advice on what to uh, focus on with my companies to make sure that they go out there and kill it? Yeah, listen, I really struggled with this transition from being the entrepreneur at Wine Library to investing after I made the first three good investments, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr, where I was like really just trying to make money and I was like, these are the best companies, let me. When I then started investing for real, which was interesting, I got dumber as I started investing for real. The biggest thing that you need to be careful of is recognizing you're not executing it. I made a ton of investments based on things that I knew would work. I just didn't realize, oh crap, the jockey can screw it up. So you've heard me a lot say I bet on jockeys a lot of times, not just the horse. You need to be careful that these companies aren't just great on paper with like the idea. You have to believe in the entrepreneur. It's all operations and execution. Every idea is good in theory. So I think the biggest thing you need to look out for is you need to be auditing the individuals, not necessarily the idea. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for being here. That's a huge, huge flaw for people that make the shift from being operator to investor. You're imposing yourself into the game and I can make every business successful. I truly believe that. I hear you. Uh, hi Gary. Hey. Uh, my name's Archana and I'm a relatively new follower but I love your work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm the founder of a company called Happy Heart Kid and it focuses on making activity kits for kids, teaching kids different values. I love it. And one of, one of the things you say is that entrepreneurs need a lot of patience. Yes. And then the second thing is that, you know, you, whatever it is, you can't market um, a shit product. Yes. I'm kind of in, I just started this company and it's relatively new. And I'm kind of stuck between those two positions. I actually got samples for you here. And, Thank you. Um, and I was wondering if you'd want to try it with Misha because it's perfect for her age. And I also know you invest in a company that's very similar. So I don't know. How similar? Know. Because if it's competitive to something I've invested in, I want you out of business. No, they didn't fight. Got it, got it. So yeah, look, I, you know, first I have to text the CEO of a 
Misha's activities named Lizzie Vaynerchuk. I know, I know my role, but of course I'd love to check it out and I'm thrilled and thank you and I appreciate the hustle, which is the biggest reason I'll probably check it out. And so is there a question or were you pitching your product? Uh, I was actually, I brought it here to try and give it to you. I don't know, I know you're going to another event, but I kind of want to make sure it gets to your house so you can try it. Yeah, you're really getting into very granular terms. <laughs> um, but, show it, show it. I appreciate it. I'm sure everybody who's watching this now can see it. And so I think, uh, yeah, I'll definitely get it home. I'm, I'm, uh, I appreciate the hustle. I love the pitch. Uh, and I, uh, I'm going to the Mets game tonight for a business meeting, as some of you know. And uh, I'll definitely get it home. Don't worry. I'll give it to Stunwin because that makes me laugh. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Questions? That was hardcore pitch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, Gary? My name's Chad. She didn't jab me all that much for that right hook, chef. Yeah, go ahead. Paying attention? Always, brother. Uh, my, my name's Chad. I'm the founder of a company called Brickfest Live. We run live Lego events that attract tens of thousands of people. Fucking uh, love that. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. So our mission is to inspire, educate, and entertain um, you know, the next generation of Lego builders because you know, because that stuff. Because it's a big fucking industry. Yeah, and, and it wires your brain to problem solve. No which question. Is what, which is what we're all doing. Yep. Right? Um, my question is actually more about what you do with this show and the people that you have around you to support it. How much of their time is spent on you as opposed to other things? All their time is spent on me. Okay. <laughs> the, right. entire, so it, the entire team that's mixed in is all part of brand Gary team, all of it. So that some of them have worked at VaynerMedia within VaynerMedia before and were plucked, Steve, you know, India, you know, Alex plucked out of the machine onto the team and others have been, you know, cold hired just for it, Zach, Andrew, DRock, Stefan, for it. But right. That's awesome. Because we started actually on a YouTube channel. Yep. Where you know the, all the production was us. Yes. And and that's how Wine yeah. Library TV was. But I, but with this, I have so much more scale. And as you can tell, what I'm doing is I'm producing so much more content off the show for Medium and all the distribution. So, and and I'm learning through these guys as they're actually now doing. You know, D Rock's taking, Andrew's meerkatting, India's taking photos. What I'm learning is. What does a production company look like for a human being? Right. Which what does I think it look like? fucking rad. Yeah. You know, and so I and I and I think that there's you got to understand there's you know as well as I'm doing there are a lot more successful people wealthier like there are that top three percent of celebrity that are way grossly overpaying their PR people their managers their boy from around the way that they're taking care of like all that stuff that I think creates a really interesting business model in the future because I do believe, and you know this, every single person is a media company. I believe that cold. And so, not only am I producing, not only am I giving back to a community that's been in place and growing, but I'm getting to learn the infrastructure of how I would scale this if I wanted to do it for LeBron. Awesome, cool. Thanks, What's that? Seventeen hundred Hey, Meerkat. I love it. Cool. Let's hey, keep Gary. it going. Hey. Chris Green from Massachusetts. Hey, Chris. One hundred episodes. Ask Gary V. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, man. Give it up for V 
Rock for that hustle video, one of the greatest videos I have ever seen about hustle. Let's hear it for D Rock! just said two questions ago, you could make any company successful, and I know you believe it, I know we all believe it, but when you can do so many different things, when your hustle can turn into so many different things with so many opportunities today, 2015, how do you choose what to do and what's your greatest opportunity cost to do what you're doing? This is the part that I'm not great at. <laughs> I, I, you know, Many around me would argue that I've done a poor job in selecting opportunity costs because of the earlier question to the gal that pitched all the stuff of, you know, I'm playing such a long, my vulnerability, and I think I said it on one episode, but I'm not sure. My vulnerability is that I was too patient and I left the prime years on the table by giving back too much, by leveraging too much, by doing non-scalable things too much. And so it's something, you know, it turned 40 in November and much like when I turned 30 and freaked out at Wine Library and started Wine Library TV, I, def, either, I think I'm forcing the narrative because I think it's convenient, but I'm definitely feeling weird. I, I'm not, I'd be lying if I wasn't. I've been spending a ton of time on, you, you know, and I'm sure I did, I don't really recall this, but I remember, but I actually do recall it. I, I remember thinking like, all right, 30 to 40 is gonna be the years where I lay down the foundation to buy the New York Jets, right? And so, you know, I've definitely been like, you know, 40 to fit, like this, this is it, right? And I'm sure when I get to 50, I'm like, this, this is really it, you know, but, I, Gary, I'll be honest with you, like, I'm not sure that I'm the best guy for this answer because the truth is I, uh, I like non-scalable things. I love doing stuff like this. Like, you gotta understand, at some level, and I think people eventually will figure this out about me, and I think a lot of people here probably do recognize it, I disproportionately like people which will then probably ultimately not allow me to maybe squeeze out every dollar but I'm still gonna be much happier for it. Like, this show, like, I'm gonna watch this show. Like, hold on, let me just talk to myself. You look terrible. Um, You know, that was me talking to my 90-year-old self. Like, these things, like, it's funny when I come across somebody tweeting out, like, an episode of Wine Library TV from, like, 2006. Like, I do a ton of stuff that on black and white don't look like the smart opportunity cost play but they're the things that make me happy as a human being and just hustling for the cash of it or buying the Jets is only one part of the equation for me. And so um, I think you know, from a business sense, I leave a lot on the table. From a life sense, I'm happy with my allocation of my time. I'm happy that I get together with former employees that I love so much even though everybody around me will say, we need those 15 minutes for these 700 other things that need to happen. I don't care. And so, I think that, you know, I think the way I judge it is how it feels in my stomach and my heart, not my brain. Thank you. Chris made the Lego thing? Dude, wow. Wait, are we, when are we showing? We'll show that tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Insane, wait till you see this, guys. What he made was insane. Anyway, you should talk to the other, do you know the other Lego dudes? We will. Dude, you need to see what he made. It's sick. All right, let's move it. I love Legos, by the way. It's nice. (laughs) Um, Hey, Gary, Uh, my name is uh, Joe Kikura. I'm from Staten Island. Uh, First off, I want to say, you know, props to Gary. Um, He just brings, like, this energy and this, like, inspiration to his his speaking. That's just, like, unprecedented. I just want to thank him 
from the bottom. I'm here, dude. I'm right here. I'm right here, man. I'm right here. Thank you, man. Thank you. I know, I know he was. It's very meta up in here. First off, I spent a little bit of time working on Wall Street and the financial industry. And um, I know that industry is kind of like trapped in like a lot of old ways of doing things. And um, I think they're getting really hit hard by a lot of the electronic uh, trading uh, platforms. But on the same token, I think there's a lot of room for like one-on-one communications with your, your FA and your broker. And um, just from someone coming from that industry, how would you apply your concepts and your teachings to something like that industry? So, you know, it's funny to be watching you ask that question with Mitch, I don't know if you see him right in front of you, um, who I think is execute, you know, literally, uh, my answer to your question is go hang out with Mitch for 15 minutes and have a coffee after this. I think it's super easy. Technology is the gateway drug to human interaction. Period, end of story, I believe that. Like, like we will be robots eventually, I firmly believe that. I, I, I'm not joking, I, I fully believe that. Now. It's in my own mind, I really hope I don't see it because it's weird. Like I think it would like brain twist. Like it's crazy to think that. Like I mean hardcore robots, like straight up. Like, you know, like, but, but until then, I think that there's plenty of room for that. I think the problem is there's too many old school folks that are like, nothing beats a handshake and a one-to-one meeting and they don't use the technology. It's much like the way I branded. You know, Andy's sitting here. Andy does a lot of the quant, you know, growth hacking, like build the audience stuff. Like I think that I relied too much on just brand and content. If I could do Wine Library TV all over again, the show would be 50X the success it was because I did nothing right from a tech standpoint distribution. It was just word of mouth PR, it just crushed quality content wise. But you know, with technology in place, you should use it. And so I think that of course there's human interaction. Of course there's content like this that can play in every sector. Obviously there's legal ramifications in that world but all of them have. But I think, I think the more interesting question is I think there's far more of the reverse, to be honest with you. I think there's far more, more of the emerging trend of people that are still in power places that don't realize there's tech that can scale them and bring them to a different level. Okay. Cool. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, you got it. We really only have 10 minutes? Well, I don't know. I have to go to a thing, as you know. <laughs> what? But I don't get it. It's only 5'11". Uh, oh, you want me to mingle? <laughs> Are you going to do something after? So I think my plan is, as you guys know, I'm, I'm going to this meeting. My plan is to probably just, gener- like, I think it would be, maybe we could start a quick hashtag. Like, hashtag like, here at AskGaryVee or something. Or that, that's fine, just do it. Here at AskGaryVee, don't fucking try to change it. That's what it is. And, uh, and I think you guys should talk to each other, go somewhere, and then I think I'm going to try, when I'm done with the business part of my meeting, I'm gonna try to get back into the city and I think I'll definitely come by and try to high five and say hello and take some selfies and and do that because I I think uh, I wanna answer a couple more questions and I know a lot of people schlepped and things of that nature so maybe I'll keep a little bit like, how about this, by show of hands, how many people have to go back far away home? Not that you're, you can't live in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut or Pennsylvania. South Carolina. Okay, cool. Those people that raised their hands that haven't interacted with me a ton Get your ash, you can get up here. I'll try to bang out a couple of those selfies and say hello and high five. And then the rest I'll try to see in life sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep it going. 
Hey Gary, my name is Mina Sleeve, um, founder of Asp yes, sir. Um, founder of Aspire. Aspire is a productivity community for millennials. We're trying to get millennials, Generation Z, to be more productive. Love it. Um, so I know that you work 16, 17, 18 hours a day, 19 hours, depending on who says they work more, you work more. That's right. Um, so 25 hours a day, bitches. <laughs> so my question is, especially for my audience, how are you that productive? Like, how do you do this every single day? Well, I think we have to define productive because it's interesting to Garrett's question, right? Like, you mean how am I actually physically executing that many? I, I would argue that I'm not so outrageously productive. So I guess the first question. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. break it. Let's break it down. So I guess the first question would be, what is your definition of productivity? Is it hustle? Because every time I think about productivity, I just think about. Hustle. I think results. Okay. You know, like when I think of productivity, I think about results and then I think about short-term results and long-term results. Like, I feel like the Ask Gary V show was a productive venture because I'm very humbled right now that all of you came here today and it makes me super duper happy, right? Yeah. I can also think it's productive because multiple companies have now paid me instead of going and publicly speaking because I can't make every event, they've actually paid me for a custom version of the Ask Gary V show. So that was productive. I get paid a lot of money for that. That seemed pretty cool. I like that. I also think it's productive because my next book that comes out in February is gonna be called Ask Gary V. And the whole thematic around it is that, so that's gonna be productive. So there's a lot of different ways to, it depends on how one defines productivity, number one. Um, to me, it's the output. And so you guys heard insight into another thing, right? This seven person team is giving me a blueprint that I'm pushing against to try to figure out a bigger business model. I mean look, my marketing activity for Wine Library was productive because I grew my family business to a big business. It also became the output of my learnings that became the foundation of my personal brand which became the beacon to building the fastest growing social digital agency ever, right? Like so, like I'm always, I'm, I'm doing things that people feel are not scalable in the moment that I find to be very scalable if you're willing to look at them in a five to 10 year window. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. Like was it productive for me to take that meeting with Chris Desi when he randomly emailed me and said, hey will you take this meeting? And I said sure, which then led to a 15 minute I'm just gonna pay forward to this kid moment which I love to do because you never know. Well in this time I didn't know because it led to he being one of the early employees at Buddy Media which was a company Mike Lazaro had and I will tell you that that led to free office space at Wine Lot for VaynerMedia when we started it in the conference room at Buddy Media. It also led to me giving a quote to Mike Lazaro for Buddy Media where he gave me warrants to his company which later sold for a billion dollars to Salesforce so I made seven figures on a quote to a website so I'd call that productive for that 15 minute meeting. But it also led to a friendship that has become one of the core friendships for Lizzie and I and this Saturday night I got to spend time with a very small group for his oldest son's bar mitzvah and the speech that the son gave and the speech that Mike gave is something that is engraved in my heart for the rest of my life. I call that productive but then there's a billion 15 minute meetings that I take where the kid's a piece of shit and nothing good happened. <laughs> so when you play it in a net net game I think that people are overthinking their at-bats, right? Yeah. And I think intent matters. I think people are trying to be too technically sound, too, they're not allowing for serendipity. Right. And serendipity is where all the magic is, my friends. All of it. Thank you. That was deep, right?
So, hey Gary, do you hear me? I hear you, I see you. I love the Mario shirt. Very nice. Stefan, you got the Mario shirt? I'm looking at the Mario shirt. Okay. I love it. Should I talk? Yes, you should talk. So, Gary, my name is Davey. I'm from the country of Georgia, and I know you love wine, so you know, you know my country. Of course. Uh, I read about you a lot, and what I like is that in one of your videos you say one is better than the zero. Yes. I love it. I love these words, and I always do this. So. I think that's one of the best videos. Yeah. Stefan, let's hear for Stefan on that one. I believe in the same. So yes. That's why I say I'm only in the food business today. Okay. And I believe in healthy eating. So my question is, um, if I target New York City as a healthy eaters and healthy eating you know, like city in the future, it might be right. I know I will have one or more followers. One is still better than zero. But should I go in this and should I create some social media content in that terms? And which it should be like video or deals or blogging or stuff. What do you suggest? I understand what you're saying. Thanks. Let's let's take a step back. Hold on to the mic. What what are you actually doing? What's the business actually do? Because that will dictate the well, answer. Well, we have a product startup with my friends, and I'm work I'm working at the restaurant. So got it. What's the what's the product? So the product is Georgian recipe, well modernized for American market. It's Interesting. Be in the retail market. Is it is it an actual like yeah, it's food? A food? It's, it's a food. food. It's dip. You know you. Dip. Yep. So. Like a hummus? Yeah, like a hummus, but we are much different. We don't. We're much better than hummus. Fuck hummus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, are you asking about marketing that product? No, I'm asking about social media term. Like, should I go into social media actually and create some social content about healthy eating? And it, no. Will it be successful? No, you should make okay. content about your product. Your yeah, product. Well, that's it. There's no. Yeah. Not of course. You just fucking asked me about some fucking food shit in New York. Your product. Focus on making content around your product and around the lifestyle of that product, mm -hmm. but, but not for the sake of New York City health enthusiasts, no, right? Okay. You're so small. Like, you can't worry about going that abstract. Nobody, know there's not a single person here that knows what the fuck you're talking about. They're like, Georgian dip? You mean Georgia like Atlanta? No, the former fucking Soviet Union, fuckers. You know, so, you know what I mean? So like. So like you have to understand like nobody understands you have to educate it's kind of like you know I don't know if this was a you know I left Russia young but like when I was growing up we ate a ton of pomegranates yeah. right but nobody in America ate pomegranates in the 80s. Like my friends would come over to play with Legos and they'd be like, what the fuck is that? You know, that's not an apple. You know, it's like, like, like we ate pomegranate for years and years and years before palm juice came and pomegranate became like, you know, a pink berry flavor, right? So like, I think that you have a lot of educating to do. Like I, I don't know what you're talking about and I was born in that area. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. So I think that you need to focus there. You're going too abstract. And that's a good piece of advice for a lot of people. Like, way too many people, back to I said it before because it's just so important. How many people here know who I am? 90% you know, don't. People make way too many assumptions that they think they're bigger than they actually are. You know, and it's fine, it makes people feel good, but like for as much ego and bravado as I have, 24 hours, 25, I think I can build any business, I'm always grounded in reality. I think you need to focus on building a story around your product. Thanks so much. You got it, man. Where's hey, Stefan? I think Stefan, Alex has one. Okay, we'll, we'll come back here after. Go ahead. Hey Gary, what's going on? My name is Tom Maxner, I'm from Queens. 
I'm a co-founder of a brand of vodka called Proof. Are you a Jets fan? I love the Jets. You tell the truth because I felt soft. <laughs> no, absolutely love the Jets. I need you to name two offensive linemen. Oh, well, you got, can, can I uh, talk about uh, wide receivers, running backs? No dick. <laughs> because people that love a football team know the offensive line. Should I maybe say like, I like, I like the Jets? Respect. There we go. Uh, given that you started your career with Wine Library, yes. uh, I wanted to see um, you know, where do you see the biggest opportunity for innovation for a wine and spirits brand uh, in the market today? So look, I mean, you're going into, like, first of all, I like you already because that's ballsy to go into vodka because vodka's past its trend, which I actually think begins its next opportunity. Two, it's crowded. Three, it's really, really financially intensive. You need money, right? So I think, you know, I think the, the nice thing is this falls perfectly in line to the world we live in, right? Like you being part of this community, that's your only prayer. Your only prayer is to know what's going on on Meerkat. Your only prayer to, you know, to win is knowing what's going on on Yik Yak, right? And, and all these things. So I think the place to innovate is in storytelling. It's not about huge billboards anymore. It's not about going to wholesalers and giving them tons of dollars for their salespeople to kick it in the store. It's about creating a groundswell, but you've gotta create content and you've gotta create it in relevant places, you've gotta find micro-influencers, there's a ton to be done, but it's a tough game, man. It's a real tough game. It's tough, and I guess uh, from one of the uh, episodes that you said, kind of clearing out the cave uh, yes. before all the cats get there, yes. so that's something that we're trying to do is just go where other brands you know, don't exist now. 100%, there's a ton. You need to become the vodka of like, Elderly Lego builders, you know, like, like you know, you know, like you're gonna have to go super niche, like. You, we're we're like, going more towards like dance music, so like EDM influencers. Everybody's their dick face. What are you talking about? You're finished. You're out of business. Next. Let's go up here. We're going to where other people aren't, right? Like EDM. That's it. You're out of your mind. What do you mean one more? All right. Cool, this is gonna be the last one. First of all, I just wanna thank everybody for being here. No! <laughs> you all gotta go. There See ya. There might be a rain delay though with the Mets. Yeah, you never know if it could rain at the Mets game. All right. Hey, hey Gary. Uh, my name is Mergim Selmai. How are you? I'm well, how are you? Good. All right, I'm a personal trainer and a recent grad here in the Upper East Side of New yes. York City. Yep. Um, I have you know, a lot of internship experience. I have agencies, full service marketing agencies. I love it, I crave it. I wanna get back into it. Okay. Now, what is a fundamental skill that you find a lot of entry level marketers lacking that you feel they should take advantage of? Um, you know, it's funny, it's not how I think about it, to be honest with you. It's a good question, I understand where you're going with it. I'm not worried about what you don't have, I'm more worried about what you have. Bet on your strengths. 100%, you know, like, like I'm not gonna waver from this stuff, right? This is what I believe in. So, you know, I don't know because it's not how I even process. What I wanna know is, you know, look, your passion for craving it might just be enough. You know, there's a lot of different ways. Now, the truth is, a ton of people have passion. So, passion and another skill, more interesting. Passion and two skills, or, but remember, skills come in two forms. You went and formed it, or it naturally comes to you. Right, and so I think the question is looking inside. I would tell you that if you're looking to get back in the game, if you're innuendoing about applying to VaynerMedia, I think what you need to do is walk in there with the honest truths 
that are you as a marketer and maybe you went over that process through the work ethic because it feels like something you can control. But maybe it's a DNA thing. Maybe hard work is a DNA thing. I don't know. You know, you gotta go in there though with the truths, spend all your time talking about that and move forward. Zach, as a designer sitting in front of you, had natural speed qualities as a designer and that's why he's so great for me because and that that's why he's so great for me because he brings so much value to me because we're fast. I'm like, Zach, we need to redesign this entire 40 page website and I need an hour. He's like, cool. You know, like like that, you know, and so like it, you know, and for other people they think that we're crazy, that it has to go through process and triple checked and I respect that. Bowman, that's the original, they don't even fit I, I the Bowman. Question. I love that. For you. Got it, the Griffey stuff? I love the baseball, he's flashing baseball cards behind <laughs> the guy. He's totally hacking the system, I love it. Um, uh, the Jordan upper deck card, huh? Um, so I think that's it. It's not what I'm looking for, it's you going in with what you got. Okay. Thank cool, you. man. Pass the mic. He can, I, uh, can I grab one quick? Yes. Go ahead. Let's do it. D Rock's gonna be upset. Go. So. Yes, sir. Uh, I hate being cold, so you know. I'm sorry. I'm just being respectful. I love you so much. For when I asked you to clap, you said, "Go fuck yourself, Frank Thomas." Yeah. So, like, I appreciated no, your hustle. Go fuck yourself, sir. <laughs> so, got it. Go ahead, my man. What's your name? Tony Cohen. Tony. From a couple of miles up in the block. Awesome. Um, my my son, I got Michael Corleone, I got dragged back into an industry I didn't want to get into. Okay. Uh, my 16 year old son in the UK, who I'm proud to call a dropout because it's genetic. I get it. Um, got into the direct sales industry and I've yes. trained, I don't know how many, thousands and thousands of people in it, but they were never family. So it's like the Velvet Club and the fucking hammer in the other hand. Yes. It's a bit tougher with the son when he said, I'm saying, you know, you're going to this meeting? Oh, I'm going for a bike ride. And while I'm being polite and nice and being the good father and he's on the other side of the world, deep down I want to smash my fucking head through a window. Yeah. Where's the balance there? You've worked with family, I never have. You know what though? I've worked up and kind of parallel. Like I watch my two kids now and start projecting this world. I don't know man, look. I, uh, I, my big thing is very similar to the same question he had. I mean I have no interest in imposing my will on my kids, I all I'm gonna do is listen. Where you have a disconnect is if your son's curious why it's not working out so well, or why he's not making more, or why it's not so awesome. That's the tougher conversation when you've gotta really like just splash some cold water on him because you're going bike riding when everybody else is going to the sales meeting. You know, that to me, but I don't know, I don't think I'm ready or prepared to give advice about a child because it's a different kind of love, it's a different kind of system. I feel great about giving advice as being the ch- this child. I feel great about being the sibling, but for children right now, I don't know. I can feel what I'm projecting, um, which is look, my kids are gonna be really well off and I can't expect, I can't fake environment. So I don't expect, on, on deep, first of all, I don't expect anybody to be as hungry as me, let alone my kids who are gonna be Upper East Side rich kids, right? So I need to, uh, I'm not sure. I know, I know we have to go. I know I got it. Thanks. You got it. All right, we're getting out of here. Thank you everybody. Thank you for supporting the show. Question of the day, question of the day. What are your feelings that the show ends today? No! You keep asking questions, someone else is gonna have to answer them. So, maybe I'll say some words before I tape the episode. Uh, I really, really appreciate everybody being here. I, um, 
Obviously, some of you know, many of you probably know, shit, if you came here, you definitely know <laughs> that I've done, a, that I've done a, you know, I never thought that I would have another show. It didn't, never really even crossed my mind. I, I didn't think I'd have one show, let alone anything else. And so, to uh, hit this uh, milestone of episode, oh, sorry, you can't move with me, D-Rock? We're good. Well, <laughs> well you, could, you couldn't, you couldn't. <laughs> um, uh, to hit this milestone's a lot of fun. I'm really glad I was able to, uh, to get here, I, you know, the truth is, and I think a lot of you know this, like I, I fundamentally feed off audience and so I, uh, I would have never gotten here if you guys didn't care enough to watch. Obviously, I have zero interest in producing something and nobody's watching that would stop me immediately. So, you know, it's super cliche. I, I always hate when people are like, oh, I want to thank the fans and all that kind of shit, but the truth is, I only do things for admiration and attention because of the way my mom coddled me as a child. So, <laughs> I really, really thank you guys for caring and watching the show. I've really enjoyed doing it. To me, you know, Q&A is really the most, you, know, you know, secretly I probably started this show because I wanted to build brand around Q&A because when I speak, you know, as many of you know, you can go to YouTube and see the spiel, right? I, can, I mix it up depending on the audience, but my philosophies don't change in 40, 40 of the 55 minutes. I mean, I'm sure for some of you, you watch these keynotes and if you can get one or two new thoughts in a different talk, you're like, yeah, there's something different, you know, like, so this was a chance for me to produce a lot of content on my current thoughts. You know, I think a, a funny thing somebody just tweeted I saw was like, you know, Meerkat didn't exist when this show started, right? And so many people here are, are, are streaming and so, I thank you, I'm, I'm humbled, I know it's the middle of the day, I know a lot of you are hustling and executing and doing your own thing and for you to take time to come and support me in this show means a lot to me and so I'm gonna keep it very, very basic. I'm gonna do my intro, we're gonna walk around D-Rock just texted me, he's like, how many questions do you wanna do? I'm like, as many as fucking possible. <laughs> so, um, um, I, really, uh, I really have nothing else to say, thank you so, so much.